So in August of 2011, I stepped onto my college campus, Toccoa Falls College. There's a few students here from there. So that's exciting. That like never happens for me up here in Alaska. <laughs> but anyways, I stepped onto that campus as a freshman. I was excited for the opportunity of all the new things that I was about to experience. There was a new self, a version of me that I could not wait to become. And this new self consisted of me receiving a youth ministry degree. And as common as is in any private Christian college, finding a wife. Okay? I couldn't wait to get there. And as far as I knew, the next four years would be dedicated to becoming that new self. My pursuit of a youth ministry degree led me to several internships, to leading many mission trips, to finding the perfect youth pastor hairstyle, to avoiding the philosophy majors to save me time. That was essential to hiding my imperfections. Like, that was huge. I didn't want anybody to see my imperfections because I thought that would disqualify me as somebody that could work with youth. Uh, and this was my favorite, to doing everything that I could to get middle school students to lift up their fist every time Thousand Foot Crutches Rock Fist came on. I don't know if you know that song or not, but that was one of my goals. So, I would tell you that that time of my life, I was doing everything to build this future self, this future self that I wanted to be. And in my pursuit of finding a wife, I could make a TV series on this, led me to the commitment of not dating the first year of college because I wanted to do everything I could to avoid the typical ring by spring fling that had haunted the campus for really since its beginning. And I pretty much stuck to that. My friends thought I was insane because they had had several girlfriends up to this point, and I was just stuck to it because there was this future self. I wanted to perfect myself before I found a wife, and then I could just reveal myself to her and be like, look, I've made it, right? So throughout these four years, I experienced restlessness, a restlessness that I know we all experience as I constantly looked forward to this new self that I wanted to be. Every decision that I made was to make my tomorrow better not my today. I never enjoyed the moment because I wanted some future me. I was stuck in a mindset that I couldn't break. And anybody stuck in this mindset of just pursuing this future self, these people are characterized by restlessness and exhaustion. During a season like this, a person becomes stuck in their mind, alienated from life and calloused at heart. And here's what's crazy for me thinking about this stage of my life. I was at a Christian private college trying to pursue a youth ministry degree, but my focus was this future individualized self that I wanted to be. That was the goal. This person, this, this self, is one of two types that I want us to look at today. So if you'll join me, we'll go to Ephesians 4, 17 through 19 and read that again. It says this, now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. So this first type of person that I want us to look at today is called the individualized self. 
To summarize the purpose of the individualized self, it's to become the best version of ourselves that we can be. It's this constant goal to just be better, to strive to be better. And I know it's easy for you to look at me and especially just look at the example that I just used, the college version of me, and say, Josh, like, you're doing, you're, you're just being too hard to, on yourself. You're doing literally everything that every college student does in that stage of their life. But my question is this then, is are we just conforming to the model, to the mold of the way of the world? We get stuck. Does our entire just education system and social media platforms push us to be the best and then prove it? This drives us to just constant restlessness. So here are things to know. This is what I want to talk about. I want to talk about the individualized self for a little bit. Things to know about the individualized self. First, the individualized self only focuses on what they are doing, okay? They're not willing to let go, okay, of the way things have always been. It's their way or no way. And here's why there's a comfort there. There's a comfort because this way, the individualized self guarantees that the self, that the individual will be built up. Evidence of this can be found in a long history of just self-help books and content. It was surprising for me to research and see that there has been evidence of this content for at least thousands of years. In the 1800s, a surge in popularity of these kinds of books took place and the popularity hasn't ceased since then. Just walk down the self-aisle at Barnes & Noble and you will find more than enough evidence of this. In 1913, it just got to this point that J.K., uh, not J.K., G.K. Chesterton was fed up. He was just tired of this. He was, fired. he was tired of this boom of just self-help books. And he's known, if you don't know who he is, he's known for his career as a literary and art critic and as a writer. One of his most known books is Orthodoxy. And I believe he's responded probably the best, and he also responded the most humorously towards this. This is what he said. He said, they are books showing men how to succeed in everything, and they are written by men who cannot even succeed in writing books. Chesterton concluded his very entertaining rant with the following wish, at least... Let us hope that we shall all live to see these absurd books about success, about being the best version of ourselves, covered with a proper derision and neglect. Unfortunately, since 1913, books like this are not mocked at all. If anything, today they are praised and restlessly consumed. And what's scary is this very praise now consumes the church it fills it go to many contemporary churches these days and you will receive self-help messages that focus on you and how you can build yourself up i'll never forget experience this experiencing this in a youth conference ironically the speaker spoke a message on this very passage he talked about the new self the the new self that we could achieve the better version of ourselves and he pleaded with a room full of youth that they could become better. And he helped us visualize this with a movie clip. Okay, I don't know if you've seen The Matrix. 
Uh, he used the scene where Neo defeats uh, his enemy in the movie, Agent Smith. Neo's the good guy, Agent Smith's the bad guy. Uh, you might know which one I'm talking about. If I'm not, I'm sorry. You've had like 23 years to watch this, so you'll just have to forgive me. Neo runs into Agent Smith. Like, they're in a fight. He runs into Agent Smith, and it's not like a Georgia Bulldogs tackle, okay? Not, not like a tackle run into, but like, he like runs into Agent Smith, like it's a magic trick, like he's now inside of him, and the next thing we see with Neo, or uh, Agent Smith, is his face starts to crack, you start to see light light starts shining through, and all of a sudden he explodes. Okay, you know the scene I'm talking about? And now Neo just stands there, and he's shining in all of his glory. Okay, and it's at this moment that the video clip ended and the speaker looks up and he says, if you just come to the altar, if you just receive Jesus, you'll become like this, you'll become a better version of yourself. And sure, I believe that this movie scene was a great example of the result of what Jesus does to us. But as I saw students go up to the altar, I just wondered, are they just going up so that they can make themselves a better version of themselves and missing out on who Jesus is? I had to ask myself, what is actually the hook of that message? Is it truly Jesus or is it just be a better version of you? If the hook is really just be a better version of you with the name Jesus slapped on it, Everything about that message is just the way of the world. And preachers and speakers have to be so careful not to speak messages like this. In fact, just even for me, I have to constantly remind myself of John the Baptist's words in John 3.30, I must decrease and Jesus must increase. If a message doesn't do this, if you leave a message and you just feel yourself increasing and Jesus is just kind of in the background, what did you actually hear? And individually, like, if you receive Jesus just to look at yourself and see a better self, as you pat yourself on the back, say good job, does that actually satisfy you? And the scariest part about a person stuck in this mindset looking for this kind of message is that they never become like Jesus. If anything, Jesus, in their minds, starts to look more like they do. And people like this are so focused on what they are doing that their mind changes for the worse. It is scary how subtle in the church this can be. It is scary how accepted this can be in our churches. We focus on ourselves and we miss out because we're consumed with the individualized self. Second, the individualized self is alienated from life. We read that straight from this passage. They are following a mold that they have seen filled by so many others and they expect for their lives to fit into that mold. They are ignorant of the truth. They are broken. The pursuit of the individualized self is never ending. It leaves you restless. And we have to ask, is there really ever any progress? As a result, people stuck operating in the individualized self They deny who God made them to be. Like that's what we have to acknowledge here. They deny who God made them to be. Their gifts that could be used to build up the body 
only push them towards an individualized self that they cannot achieve. They ignore the desires given to them. Slowly they give up on fellowship and community because they keep failing as they try to achieve this new self. They hide their imperfections. They want so bad to be right that they know that they're so wrong. As a result, they're alienated from the life that they could have in Jesus. Third, the individualized self knows there is a better way. This is what's crazy. They know there is a better way. Why is this? Well, look back to the purpose of the individualized self. The purpose of the individualized self is to be better. The entire essence of the individualized self is the acknowledgement that there is something better to strive for. They always know there's a better way because they're always striving for it. And we as Christians know what that better way is. The Christian operating as the individualized self has been convicted and knows that the better self can only be found in the way of Jesus. But they choose ignorance. That's what we read in this passage. They choose ignorance because there is part of the old self that they want to keep. The result is that they become calloused, as we see in verse 18. They work themselves towards isolation and they miss out on a better way to live. And if what we've listed out so far isn't enough, there are more issues. There are two major ones, actually. First, I want to look back at the goal of the individualized self. The goal is to be the best version of ourselves that we can be. And here's the issue. Nobody actually knows what that self is. Nobody. Therefore, the individualized self offers no real answers for us. Even if you could think of somebody you know and say that person has made it, have they really? Or if you imagine yourself in a more holistic form than what you currently are and make that version the goal, that version of you, if still stuck pursuing the individualized self, is just as dissatisfied as you already are. Or even worse than looking at yourself or somebody you know as the perfect self, you might look to fictional characters or celebrities as your perfect individualized self. This sets you majorly off course because those fictional characters and celebrities are about the furthest thing from reality than what we can actually experience. You're only receiving the part of them that they want you to receive. In fact, we created a reward for them called the Academy Rewards. And they can receive this reward by creating something that is actually relatable and a lot like us. If they can just act like us for a little bit. We reward people for being a lot like real life, but we don't want real life for ourselves. We only want the better self. The self that we look forward to and can't wait to get to. That's all we want. And unfortunately, (laughs) does that exist? The second big issue I see is that the individualized self is made up of everything that we want to let go of. It is. And Paul even tells Christians to let go of it. Like he tells us to let go of the old self. This old self is our individualized self. And unfortunately we hold on to it because we want to be the good news to other people. We want people to look at us and believe that we have made it. Unfortunately, if you are the good news everybody is looking for, you'll make yourself believe that you don't need any more good news. 
You might become good news to someone else in your restless pursuits and become the self that everybody else wants to be. But you can't ever, you can't ever be the good news to yourself. And why is that? Why, why can't you be good news to yourself? Well, it's quite simple and you know exactly why. You see the darkness, you see the brokenness inside of you, and you know there's something better. So if you want good news today, let's continue to read in Ephesians 4, 20 through 24. <clears throat> it says this, but that is not the way you learned Jesus. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus. In other words, Paul is saying, if you want good news, you look to Jesus. If you want truth, you start with Jesus. So assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. I want to give you the main point, all right? We've talked about the individualized self, but I want to give you the main point for today, and it's this. Knowing Jesus is the way to the new self. Knowing Jesus is the way to the new self. The new self is the second type that I wanted to look at today. Now, here's the issue with this main point. If you've listened to any part of this last part of this message, I basically told you to avoid the pursuit of the individualized self, and our main point promises the new self that we should strive for. All right, it's kind of a mind twister. So here's my question, how do we become the new self that Paul tells us to strive for? How do we become the new self without becoming like those in our culture who restlessly pursue the individualized self? Well, first you must understand the difference between the old self and the new self. So let's look again, and you have to pay special attention to this wording. The parts you need to look at are highlighted. First we see the old self. All right, that, that, that's the thing that we're supposed to put off. This is a letting go of everything we just discussed as the individualized self. So here's our difficulty. We have to avoid the hunger, the striving, the push, the need to be something grand, something that stands out, and something brand new for the sake of the individualized self while we are becoming something grand <laughs> something brand new, and something that stands out. Because we get two phrases here. The first is put off the old self, but the second one is the new self. And we must understand the new self. We have to remember that the entire message of Ephesians is wrapped around the unity of the body of Christ, of the church, the unity of the church, the new self is one, not, isn't one individual, isolated self. The new self is a community of believers being united together under the name of Jesus. We together in our homes and in our churches and in our businesses as followers of, followers of Christ get to experience an actual new self. The individualized self focuses on, focuses on me while the new self focuses on we, 
I know that was bad grammar, but it rhymed. It focuses on we, like we're focused on us together, united. We can create something because, new because despite the way of the world, the restless pursuit of the better self, we can pursue and build something that is new and earth-shaking. Being the actual unity of people. Like we can actually be unified. Like us humans, we can be unified together under one thing. And we can experience this unity despite our differences. So how do we do this? How do we become unified? How do we become the new self? Well, first we have to focus on Jesus. Notice how the individualized self focuses on the self, on the individualized self, but us as the new self, we focus on Jesus together. And this is linked back to verses 20 and 21. That is basically what Paul is saying. Uh, If you don't start with Jesus, if you don't understand the truth of Jesus, you have to start there. There is no new self without Jesus. We will know Jesus and make him known together by focusing on Jesus. So I just want to give an example of this. The student life group just finished a series on Thursday nights where we talked about who Jesus is. That was literally the title. We, t- we answered the question every week, who is Jesus? And the most amazing part for me was the final chapter of John. Uh, John, the author, he really focuses on imagery. He wants you to imagine the setting, uh, and uh, he wants you to just have that permanently implanted in your mind. And the final scenery, the final imagery that we get with Jesus is he's sitting on the beach with his disciples, eating fish and talking to him. After hearing the whole story of Jesus, that's what we get because that's who Jesus is. And we have to ask, who are the disciples? They were killers. They were doubters. They, they stole. They denied Jesus. You can list anything that you strive not to be, and you will most likely find that represented in the disciples. And what do we see Jesus doing? He is sitting with these broken people. He isn't pushy. He isn't trying to make them better as we do with our individualized self. He isn't doing that. He is sitting with them. He invites them in. He feeds them. He talks to them. He has a relationship with them. Jesus shows them that, it, that he is so much closer to them than what they think, and he shows them that he is all that they need. Can I tell you what Jesus does with us? It's very similar. He isn't pushy. He isn't always trying to make you this better self. He isn't restlessly striving as we do. In fact, he invites us in. He invites us to come in and just sit. He feeds us, Right? Ain't that good. He feeds us. He talks to us. He knows us. He he has a relationship with us. And just sitting down with the high school boys after uh, we talked through this, I got to open up about how these messages were impacting me. I was preparing these messages weekly and teaching them, and they were changing me. Every week I got to study the loving character of Jesus and present Jesus to these students. Just teaching about him made me feel so much closer to him. 
And that night I was able to go back and talk about my high school version of me because my high school version of me believed that Jesus was pushy and he was mad at me because I wasn't perfect. And I got to say, even now, as a 29-year-old, I'm learning about Jesus and I'm seeing that he isn't as pushy as I always thought he was. In fact, he invites me in. I get to feel closer to him today than I did yesterday. This is all because us together, me and a group of high school students, were talking and studying Jesus as we got to know him. And here's the truth. If the Jesus, if you were like me, if the Jesus you know is hard and pushy and always frustrated at all of your imperfections, that is not who Jesus is. In fact, in your mind, this is what's scary and this is what the individualized self does. In your mind, Jesus has started to look a little too much like you. A version of the individualized self. So we focus on Jesus. We look away from ourselves. We focus on Jesus as he changes us. Second, the new self works towards community. Listen, you're looking at somebody who has to work hard to work with people. That's just who I am. If it were up to me, every part of my life would be just so efficient. Like, if you want proof, you can ask my wife. I also forgot my wallet. I was going to give you an illustration, but I'll just show you this. I, like, did this Kickstarter thing, and my phone case has a square on the back of it. And what this phone case does is it allows me to connect it to my car, connect it to my bike, connect everywhere. My wallet even attaches to it because my goal in life is to make everything as efficient as possible. That's just who I am. And here's what's fun. As soon as I step into community with other people, do you know what happens to that efficiency? (laughs) It's not you guys, it's other people. If it doesn't go out the window, it at least becomes a lot less than what it could be. And in these situations, my individualized self wants to flee, wants to make things better, wants to make things more efficient. But this passage pushes me the opposite direction. If anything, this passage of scripture should put you, as it has put me, in a life group as you pursue the new self together. The new self accepts all of the church. It pushes everyone towards community. It offers no exclusivity. It accepts people that don't hold up to the standards we place. And it sometimes places you, you gotta understand this and accept this, sometimes it places you in a community with people still operating under the individualized self. You're gonna work with very imperfect people. It can be dirty, it can be inconvenient, it can be inefficient, but it is the way of Jesus. When we accomplish the new self, when we can actually do this, when we can actually work together to build something new, something brand new, something that shakes the world, when we accomplish this new self, we get two things that we see in verses 23 through 24. Four, sorry, 24. The first, I was at camp all week, I'm tired. All right, the first is a new spirit. We see that we get a new spirit. This is really a reverse of the alienation of life that we see in the individual, 
individualized self. You actually become content with who you are. You become content who you are as a son or daughter of God. And you become content with who you are among the new self. Like, just imagine being content with your brokenness because you know that Jesus has died for you and he claims you as his son or daughter. Just imagine being content and having a renewed spirit because you have stopped serving the individualized self and you're pursuing the new self. The second thing we receive is the letting go of the old self. Like we actually receive that. We get to let go of the individualized self. We can stop focusing on us. That might make you a little bit happier. If sitting here today you have become convinced that you operate under the old self, can I just ask you if you could actually let go of the restlessness of constantly trying to be better, of having to look at your imperfections and say, I'm not enough. If you could actually let go, how would you feel then? If you actually slow down to have authentic relationships and you could just know people, if you use the gifts that God has given you, just imagine if we all together, unified, use the gifts that God has given us to increase this new self, to build up the new self, to build up the church, and we stop focusing on our gifts as a way to build ourselves up. Like, I face this just standing here on the stage today. Like, as a young youth pastor and wanting to pursue ministry for the rest of my life, just even walking out here, I had to fight my individualized self because everything I could have done on stage today could have been for some better version of me. But instead, I could just focus on the new self. I could see this as me helping build us up as a church, as a unified body. That's what using your gifts are. It's all to build up the church. That's why God has gifted you with whatever he's gifted you with. We get to let go of the old self. You would have time. You would have energy and the desire to love and cherish the blessings that Jesus offers you. So considering this new self, there are three things that I want to ask you to do today. First, just spend time today. Considering which self you are living for. How are you operating right now? Are you living for the individualized self? Or are you living for the new self? Are you using your gifts to build yourselves up? Or are you using your gifts to build the church up? At Life Group this week, let's just operate as the new self. Let's meet together in life groups and just groups with other Christians and be honest about where we are. Second, I want to go back about a year. On August 16th of 2021, Philip asked us two things as a church. He asked, what is next for True North Church? And he asked, why did God bring you to True North? It was very soon after this. The timing was crazy. It was very soon after this that Philip was approached about the merger that we have undergone the last several months. And it's so easy for us as a church who has been unified, just look at the past 10 years of our life as a church and all that we have been through. It'd be so easy for us to become all about a building 
and how nice it looks, and we're finally getting to settle. I just want to encourage you to spend time in prayer for us as a body. Pray that we receive the building. Pray that us as two different congregations coming together that we can be unified. Just spend time in prayer because we have to focus on the new self. And thirdly, I just want to ask this question. Are you missing out on Jesus because you believe you do not match up with those who are living for the new self? I want to know, you just need to know this. You need to look back to the main point. The way to the new self is knowing Jesus. You can't become part of the new self and then find Jesus. No, you find Jesus first and then you find your place in the new self. Don't miss out on who Jesus is because you don't think you are qualified. So with that, I'm going to pray. We'll go back into worship. Dear Lord, I just want to thank you for today. Just thank you for uh, bringing us all here. I just want to pray that as we leave here and we just evaluate where we stand, God, whether we live for the individualized self or we live for you, for the new self. I just want to pray that we be honest. Pray that uh, you just give us the courage, the strength we need to be honest with where we're at. Just pray that we all get to know you more, that we focus on that. And that be our goal leaving here today. In Jesus' name, amen.